Hey guys, Kyler back with <clears throat> Kyler Burrell's Unedited Podcast. This is episode number 31. Um, bunch to get into. Obviously, I haven't talked about any NBA free agency or really the draft. So we'll get into some NBA headlines and discussions over free agency or trades that could potentially happen. Then we'll get into my way too early NBA conference rankings, post-free agency in the draft. Then we're going to do my biggest steals and reaches of the draft and what I thought about, you know, where guys went and how the draft went. Okay, and then we're going to get into some soccer. Obviously, headlines, Messi joining PSG. Then we'll get into my big five leagues, top six predictions for the upcoming season, and the Golden Boot and Player of the Year predictions. Don't judge me on the Golden Boot and Player of the Year predictions, okay? I'm, you know, I'm a big soccer guy now, but I'm still new. Um, we'll do all five leagues, though, and I've went through, and I've done my due diligence on who I think can win it. But yeah, and then we'll get into combat sports headlines. Just a few out there for boxing, probably only about four, and then we got about... 10 for MMA. Then we'll do what's next after UFC 265 happened last weekend, obviously. Um, so yeah, we'll get into what's next after UFC 265. Did mainly all the fights. I did all the main card people and I did the main event of the prelims. Bobby Green, Rafael Fizev, Casey Kenny, Song Yadong, Angela Hill, Tisha Torres, Michael Chiesa, <clears throat> Vicente Luque, Pedro Munoz, Jose Aldo, Derek Lewis, and Cyril Gaon. Then we'll get into my MMA predictions. There is no UFC this weekend, but tomorrow there is PFL. I'll do the main two fights predictions for those, and I'll do the bit, the main three of the Bellator card on Friday as well. Um, you got uh, for PFL, there are two big ones. Clay Collard versus uh, Roche Manfio. Uh, this is a semifinal bout. Winner will go to the million-dollar uh, final Um both these guys fought the same guys, actually, so that'll be interesting. Uh, welterweight semifinal, Roy McDonald versus defending champ Ray Cooper um, is a semifinal bout. Tough semifinal bout. A lot of people thought we'd get that in the final, but we're going to get that in round one. Then for Bellator, uh, Magomed Magomedov taking on uh, Rafion Stotts. Two big-time good prospects, 18-1, 16-1. Then you got a good co-main event, Andre Korshkov, who's 23-4, former champ, taking on Sabah Hamasi. Um, you know, tough fight for Hams- Hamasi, for real, for sure. Um, and then the main event, great one, uh, middleweight title bout, Gegard Mousasi, John Salter, who I felt this has deserved this title shot for quite some time now. Um, and here he is with a chance to win the belt against Gegard. Then we're going to do NFL headlines and discussions, just a couple of those. And three teams that are locks to have a better and worse record than they did last year, in my opinion. They are locks, in my opinion. Um, three of them. And we're definitely going to get into more NFL talk next week when I get back uh, from my trip. Um, so we'll definitely, NFL will be, you know, going to have feedback on the podcast hopefully next week, if not the week after. We'll dive hard into the NBA and NFL. Then that's when we'll super hard into the NFL. And then my last name, we'll do my... Okay, hold on. Uh, we're going to recap my first... Money League Fantasy Draft. I'm actually in four, I think, right now, which might be an issue. But, yeah, so this was my first one. I actually have one this weekend, too, while I'm on the trip. So hopefully I can get in and make sure I pick guys there. Then I got one next weekend that I'm back. So uh, either – or this Sunday the 22nd is the one of them. And then September 5th is my last one. So, yeah, but that will be the last thing we'll go over is my results for the Money League that I did. Uh, so let's start NBA right now. Um, Lakers overhaul. And it was. It is an overhaul. They have uh, signed Carmelo Anthony, 
Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Trevor Ariza, and Kent Bazemore, all for the minimum. Uh, then they had the $5 million uh, mid-level exception. They did that for Kendrick Nunn on a two-year deal. They re-signed Taylor Horton Tucker to a three-year $32 million contract. Traded for Russell Westbrook to go along with Braun, AD, and Mark Gasol on that roster. So, from what I've heard is, when Braun, AD, and Russ, they met up a couple weeks prior to the trade, because the Lakers have said they'd love to get a you know trade for a point guard, and AD and LeBron vouch for Russ. Um, you know, they... They talked about how this is going to work and how we can do this. And LeBron said, I think I should play the four and AD. you got to play the five. And I, they agreed. So I'm going to say the starting lineup for the Lakers to start the year, I would guess, is Russ, Horton Tucker, Ariza, LeBron, and AD. Then you got your, you know, then you're, you're good everywhere, in my opinion. You have two backup centers, Dwight and Marc Gasol. You got a backup point guard in Kendrick Nunn. You got two backup shooting guards, Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington. You also have Baysmore and Mello, who can run 3-4. And even when they go small ball, Wayne Ellington can play the three, or Malik Monk can play the three, or Horton Tucker can play the three. They have just so much they can do here with this team. Um, I love it. Sure, yeah, there's some age, but I think looking back at LeBron's Miami Heat teams, look how old they were. LeBron just plays better with veteran players on the floor. Uh, Malik Monk, Kendrick, and I like Kendrick Nunn. Malik Monk obviously never really been there, but I think he'll learn. Kendrick Nunn been to the NBA Finals with the Miami Heat. Uh, Horton Tucker has obviously been around the team now for two years. Uh, Rush has gone a ton of playoff experience. Melo has gotten playoff experience. Um, Dwight Howard, Ariza, Bazemore, guys like that. They're veterans. Marcus Saul. That's what you need around a LeBron-led team. Um, LeBron's teams don't play at a tremendous fast pace anyway, so it doesn't really matter, I don't think, as much. And they still have the best defender in the game, Anthony Davis, man in the middle. Um, I think the thing that could maybe beat the Lakers the most is a really good three-point shooting team. Do they guard three-point line good enough? I believe with AD, Dwight, and Marcus Aldo, the paint and LeBron, the paint's going to be fine. It's now about the perimeter, you know? Um, but yeah, I love the roster. Chicago Bulls' new look roster. They bring in Lonzo Ball for four years, $85 million. DeMar DeRozan for three years, eighty-five. Alex Caruso for four years, thirty-eight. Drafted uh, Io DeSumo, you know, to go along. Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, Kobe White, and Patrick Williams. Will they bring back marketing? Doesn't look likely. He wants out. Um, possibly a sign and trade with the Mavericks to get Kristaps. You know, they're going to be paying high luxury dollars, though. Um, but yeah, I would expect their starting lineup to look, you know, Lonzo, Levine, uh, DeMar, Pat Williams, and Vucevic. You know, and you got Kobe White, Caruso. I think they still have Thad Young. Do they have to trade Thad Young? I can't even, I can't remember, maybe. Possibly get a big back from Markin as well to complete that roster. But yeah, I like what they did this summer. Do I think they're title contenders? No, I don't think they're with the Heat, the Nets, and the Bucks. But I do think they've gotten into the group of the Sixers, the Hawks, and the uh, Celtics. That 4-7 to seven range. Uh, we'll get into my predictions here in a minute where I think they could end up, as of now, obviously, before the season starts, we'll obviously have. Could be a lot different, but we'll see what happens. Miami Heat, new championship roster. Signed Kyle Lowry to three years, $80 million was a sign-and-trade. You lost to Chua and Dragic. You brought in P.J. Tucker uh, back for two years, 15 Oladipo back on the minimum. Um, gave Jimmy the $186 million extension. Gave Duncan Robinson the 90 mil extension. Brought back 
Gabe Vincent and Max uh, Strauss to go alongside Bam and Hero. I love their roster. I uh, do. I think they're better than the Nets or Bucks. Not sure, but I know they'll compete. The Miami Heat way. Shout out to my boy Marcus Garrett from KU. Scoring double figures and averaging like four steals, five steals a game in the summer league right now. I think he'll make the roster. He's looked tremendous so far. Um, but yeah, I think the Heat, they're definitely going to be, they definitely have a legit chance to uh, make the NBA Finals next year. Uh, Nets, just some here, some other deals and stuff. Nets bring in Patty Mills on a two-year $12 million. I like that. Who was the backup point guard last year? I mean, I know you have Harden and Kyrie, but now you have a legitimate ball handler to come off the bench. I mean, I think they're mainly running Mike James and uh, Chioza, maybe. Yeah, a tremendous ball handler now off the bench for them. And uh, Patty Mills. Um, Hawks do bring back Collins for less than the max, five years, 125. So they got him for 25 mil a year. I think that was a solid deal. They also extend, tr- extended Trey Young, five years, 202 million. Hawks are still going to be good. Do I think that they're going to be like a four again next year? I don't know because I think this, you know, the Heat are definitely not going to be a seven. So that, And they bump into my top three. I do think the Sixers take a step back, but I still think they're a four, five. They're still go- they're going to compete for the four through seven range, like I said, with the Bulls, the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Hawks, of course. And like I said, we'll get into that here in a minute, though. Uh, Knicks re-signed Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, and Derrick Rose. Also signed Kemba after he's bought out by OKC. Extend Randall four years, one hundred seventeen. I mean, when we're looking at it here, the East is going to be a lot tougher to get into next year. You know, to get into the playoffs, it's not going to be easy. I think there's legit. 11, maybe 12 teams that have a legit shot to get into that top 10 for the play-in. Let's just say it now. Cavs, I have at 13. Pistons, 14. Magic, 15. Those teams out. The rest of them, though, I think they have a legit shot. So we'll see. You know, we'll get to my prediction here in a minute. Um, OKC extends Shea, five years, 175. He says he's in OKC for the long haul. That's good. It's going to be a couple years, but get, got his money. Got his bag for sure. Uh, Wizards land Dimwitty to replace Russ on a three-year, $62 million deal. Um, yeah. You know, you got Kuzma, KCP, Trez. I don't think they'll be that bad. We'll, we'll talk about them. Um, Warriors extend Steph. Four years, $250 million, Becomes the first player to ever sign two 200-plus mil deals. Congratulations to Steph Curry. So a couple other, a couple of the Lakers guys. Uh, Drummond went to the Sixers for the minimum. So they basically swapped Drummond for Dwight. Bad news for the Sixers. Dwight's better than Drummond at this point in his career. It's nuts. And Dennis Schroeder gets 5.9 mil from the Celtics for one year. Um, here's the thing for Dennis. He's never going to get a contract, in my opinion, that's 21 mil a year that the Lakers offered him. He wanted 30. He was never going to get that for sure. Everyone just sees him as a six-man now, man. After he thrived in OKC, it was, and then he didn't thrive well as the starting point guard, everyone's like, okay, so you're a six-man. Like... You know, you come in and run better when you're able to control the ball and not play off the ball as much because the Spirit is not an off-the-ball point guard. I think he thrives in Boston as the sixth man behind Peyton Pritchard, who I think will be their starter, and then or Marcus Smart, and he'll come in as a sixth man and do his work. I think he averages 14, 15 a game, more efficient off the bench, and I think he'll get a three-year, 45 to $50 million contract next offseason as long as he plays well. A jello ball, baby, averaging 13 through two. I did not see – I saw he hit a – uh, just beyond half-court buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter, I believe it was. He's played tremendous. Get the man a contract for sure. 
He's proven that he's taken this seriously. He's in his he's he's like redefined his body. He's not like big bulk anymore. He's slimmed down. He can move. He can slide the feet defensively. He's a great shooter. Um, very high IQ basketball player. Got to be growing up playing with Lonzo and Lamelo, who are ultra high IQ guys. He is a high IQ guy as well. I think he will make the Hornets roster. If not, he'll make somebody else's though. Lucas signs five years, two hundred and seven mil max with the Mavericks. No question that was happening. And KD gets a four-year, 198 mil extension. Harden and Kyrie are also close to extension. Nets says, we're all in on the big three. You know, why would you not be, though? You got that trio, you might as well be all in. Uh, Simmons wants to be in Golden State. Warriors are split on the Simmons-Green pairing. Yeah, I understand that you're split because, you know, do you want to pair Draymond Green and Simmons, who really Simmons is a more athletic version of Draymond Green? Great defender, good rebounder. High IQ, can pass really well, but can't shoot, <laughs> you know? Um, we'll see what happens there. We'll see. I think I kind of feel like Simmons – I think Simmons will still get traded before the season, though. All right, let's get into the – and, man, these are not my seed predictions because I understand that – look at the Jazz. They get the one seed, but I have them at, like, six or seven. I don't think they're one of the best teams in the West. But in the regular season, they're going to play well. Okay, so in the East, I'm going off who I think the best teams are right now. Nets one, uh, Bucks two. Actually, we're doing a little rearranging real quick. Hold on. So Nets are one, best team. Again, I'm not saying the Nets are going to finish as the one though, because you know those guys will get in, those guys will get nicked up and they'll take some games off. So yeah, I'm going to say the Nets are the best team though. So I have the Nets at one, the Bucks at two, the Heat three. I do have the Bulls four. I like their group. I think they take the step. The Hawks five, the Sixers six, the Celtics seven, the Hornets eight, the Knicks nine, and that was the toughest one for me, nine, eight, Knicks and Hornets. We'll see. But remember, the Hornets before the Mellow and Gordon Hayward injuries were at the four. They were playing very well. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. I think the Knicks may have been a little bit of a fluke. We'll see, though. Pacers 10. Wizards 11, and I really want to change. I'm changing that, actually. I'm going Wizards. I'm going Wizards 11. I have the Hawks. I have the Raptors at 12. I think they're just, it's going to be another year where they're down a little, and they might even be trading Van Fleet and Siakam looking for a rebuild anyway and go get more young pieces to build it on Scotty Barnes. So, yeah, Pacers 11 and miss out barely in the playoffs, the playing game for me. Raptors 12. Like we said earlier, Cavs 13, Pistons 14, Magic 15. And I could honestly see the Magic being better than the Pistons, actually. So we'll see, though. I'm just going to keep that there for now. In the West, again, seeding-wise, might be different because I know the Jazz are a good regular season team. But in my opinion, one is the Lakers. They have the best roster in the West. And tied with the best roster in the NBA, if not better than the Nets. The Clippers, too. Resigned Kawhi Leonard. Who knows when he'll play, though, with that ACL. I'm going Nuggets 3. Um, who's the big addition? Jeff Green. I love the Jeff Green addition. He fits so perfectly next to Jokic as their 4. He fits so perfectly there. Suns 4. Nuggets at 3, you're asking why? I think Michael Porter Jr. takes in another big step. Suns 4. Warriors 5. I'm skeptical of the Warriors. Draymond's only regressing. Yeah, he's going to give you some good... He's going to give you a battle on the defensive end. 
But when you can literally not guard a guy on the offense, when you literally don't have to guard a guy on the offense, when that's trouble, how will Clay's defense be? I'm not worried about the offense. I know Clay will still shoot it. Is the defense going to be the same, though? At 30, what? He's got to be 32, 33. Jazz, six. And I really debated putting the Mavs over them, who I have at seven. But, and again, the Mavs, I could see being a great regular season team, being like a four or five seat next year. Um, the Mavs, to me, did they improve, really? I don't know. I don't know. Are they really gunning for next year's offseason? We'll see what happens. I don't know. I mean, kind of cal- kind of salary messed up. Now you got the Hardaway contract. I think it's mainly going to be a sign and trade or a trade getting somebody and trading Kristaps away and stuff like that. We'll see. Grizzlies I have at eight. I like the Grizzlies a lot. Uh, Blazers I have at nine, actually. Um, again, I'm just not a fan of the roster. Why do you continue to do the same thing, same thing over and over again every year and think something's going to change? They already hit their ceiling. They made it to the conference finals once. They'll never get back there again. Pelicans 10. And I really think, I, I thought of what, I love the Devontae Graham side. You know why? Because Devontae doesn't need the ball in his hands a lot to be a, an effective player. He can catch and shoot, light you up. And he can score off the dribble. I love the Graham side. And I almost put them over the Blazers. And I really think by the time season comes around, I will have them over the Blazers. So those are the top 10 for the playing games in the playoffs. Outside, Wolves 11. I do think they're a lot better this year, and I think they compete to get in the play-in game, and they could possibly sneak in. Blazers could have a really bad season, to be honest, man. Let's say it just starts off starts off shaky, and Dame's upset, and I think it just could really go downhill. So I think the Wolves could jump in there. I got the Spurs at 12. Obviously, they've you know still got DeJounte and Keldon and stuff like that, but you know DeMar gone. Yeah, I, think, I think the Spurs will take a step back this year. Uh, 13, Rockets love their young core. Kings 14 and Thunder 15. All right, so now let's go to biggest steals and reaches of the draft. So we're starting off with reaches. And again, this before they even play games. I mean, obviously they played some summer league, but Josh Giddy, who sprained his ankle the first game he played, at six, when, in my opinion, there was still guys there like Davion Mitchell, James Booknight, and Moses Moody still there, and they took Giddy. I understand the potential. But I think guys, a guy like Booknight has the same upside as Josh Giddy. Um, Davion Mitchell, in my opinion, would have been a fantastic fit next to Shea. I really do think that. Um, I th- think they probably thought they could get Scotty, but you know, nope. Scott, after you know a couple of days out from the draft, it was basically saying Scotty's not falling past five. Pelicans taking Zaire Williamson at ten. This he has a ton of upside, but again. For the Pelicans. Oh, no, this is the Grizzlies, my fault. The Grizzlies at 10. I know they can kind of take a reach because they're so deep. But, man, Book Knight or Moody there. Those guys are better players. And, again, maybe Zaire has a little more upside than those guys. Book Knight, though, man. I think he would have fit perfectly next to Jaw. And the Spurs take Josh Primo. And there was four guys there that I would have taken over Primo. If not more, but I went with just four. Moody. Corey Kispert. Trey Murphy, who's playing very well for the Pelicans at seventeen, or at uh, very, he's very playing very well for the Pelicans in the summer league, and Keon Johnson. Okay, so some steals for me again. Hornets getting booked nine at eleven. I have him going six, and I thought there was no way he falls anywhere under nine. He goes eleven to them. Warriors get Moody at fourteen. Again, a guy I had going eight. Didn't think he'd fall past eleven, and they get him at fourteen. Uh, Nuggets getting Bones Highland at 26. Really thought he would go 
19 to 22 range. He slips to 26, and I love that fit. He's going to be a great backup point guard for them off the bench. Bulls getting Desumu at 38. I didn't think, I thought Desumu was a late first rounder, maybe early second. So this isn't the biggest steal, but I still think it's value for where you got him. A steal for me, though, a guy I had going mid 20s, Jared Butler going 40 to the Jazz. I thought that was a massive steal. And a guy I had going top fifth, top, I think I might have had him going 16. Sharif Cooper falls to 48, and I think that was the steal of the draft, and it's not even close. The steal. The steal of the draft. Soccer talk time. Football. So Messi has joined PSG on a two-year deal. He will wear the number 30 number he first wore at Barcelona. This is unreal. Uh, it's it's very surreal. Um, what a window. They get uh, Messi, Wijnaldum, Ramos, Donnarumma. For free transfers. <laughs> and their big signing was Hakimi for $65 million and that He's a stud. They're going to be so good. So good. I mean, talking about the lineup, you run Neymar at left wing, Mbappe at striker, Messi at the right winger. You got Hakimi at right mid, right wing back area. You got Verratti and Wijnaldum in the middle at center mid. You got... Uh, Di Maria at left mid, and then in the back you got uh, Kimpembe, Ramos, and Marquinhos. Like, and then Donnarumma, Navas, and goal. Good night. Are they are, are PSG the favorites to win the Champions League? You're damn right they're the favorites. Now again, soccer, anything could happen. Okay, uh, you know Ajax had the dream run to the semifinals two years ago, uh, so anything could happen. Nobody thought, I don't think really anybody thought Chelsea would beat Man City. So anything can happen in soccer, but good. How are they not going to score? In, in League One, they're going to score five, six goals a game as a team. We'll get into that here in a bit. Uh, so yeah, we haven't talked about it since it happened. USA does the double on Mexico. Uh, wins the Gold Cup 1-0 with an 118th minute goal. Assist by Acosta. Goal by Miles Robinson. It was a beauty. Ball into the box. Robinson gets a header on it. Down in. Beautiful. Game winner. They also beat Mexico 3-2 in the Nations League final, which was an unbelievable game. Beginning of the summer. USA is good at soccer. We are back. World Cup's going to be awesome. I cannot wait for the World Cup next year. Qualifiers are starting soon. Going to be watching every qualifying game. Cannot wait. USA soccer is back. Man City signs Grealish for 140 mil. Record signing in the Prem. Now they're looking to get Harry Kane, and they think it's a possibility. And now people think it's a real possibility because of the rumbles. We'll get into this one now. Enters Latoro Martinez and talks to join Tottenham. Is that because a Kane deal's close? But now does Latoro want to stay at Inter because Chelsea just signed Lukaku for $130 million. Money just flying around this, these days, huh? The Prem, League One, just throwing money around. You got to think... Uh, over there in La Liga, <laughs> Barcelona's like, hey, don't dance on our grave. But yeah, I'm brutal. And then Varane joins Man U for 55. Sancho joins Man U for 75. Money's flying around. Josh Sargent is headed to the Prem. He'll play for Norwich. Awesome. He's ready. Happy to see him. Can't wait to see him play in the Prem. Uh, Tammy Abraham, though, is leaving Chelsea to join Roma. And uh, 
I can't believe I just I did this. Um, Google. Jose Mourinho, my God. I mean, just a brain. Oh, my goodness. Jose Mourinho brings in Tammy Abraham. Love that. I think Tammy's going to do a tremendous job at Roma. He's a stud. Yeah, because, I mean, now Chelsea has Lukaku up top of starting and uh, Werner off the bench. So let's get into it. The top five, the big five leagues, top six predictions for the upcoming season, and the Golden Boot and Player of the Year predictions. We're going to start out with La Liga. Okay, I got Barcelona finishing first, though. How about it, huh? Y'all gonna be shocked for my player of the year. He's a Barca man. I'm going Barca. I think they find a way to put it together and come together as a group with Aguero, Depay coming in. I think they got a legit chance. Uh, I actually don't have a Barca member in my Golden Boot race, the top three. Because I think a lot of guys are going to score for them. They're going. It's going to take a collective effort now. Um, Pedri in the middle is their key guy. We'll get to him in a minute. I got Atletico finishing second. Um, I just think Barcelona is really going to come in aggressive, and they're going to they're going to come in there to win that thing. They know this Champions League is out of the. It's probably it's out of the it's out of the conversation this year until they can figure out their money situation, try to get a big time player. But uh, I think they're really going to focus hard on La Liga. Uh, I got Real Madrid in third. Um, Villarreal, who just had a very good game, went to penalties in the Super Cup with Chelsea, like them. Uh, Real Betis in Sevilla, five and six. So the golden boot. I'm going Gerard Moreno from Villarreal with 24 goals this year. I'm going Benzema with 23 in second. And I'm going Jao Filet from Atletico Madrid getting 20 goals this year. I think he goes 20 and 10. I think he gets 20 goals and 10 assists this year. That's my prediction for Zao Filet. I think he has an unbelievable year. Player of the year, Pedri. I said it. The Barcelona man. I think he has anywhere from 15 to 20 assists, 13 to 17 goals. I think he's going to be unreal. Unreal this year. And leads. The youngster will lead Barcelona to win La Liga. League one. Obviously, everyone's going to pick the <laughs> I actually don't have a PSG guy winning the Golden Boot, though. I don't. I think it's going to be too many to go around. I think literally Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, all of them could score above 17, 18 goals this year. Okay, so I got PSG, one. I got Lyon, two. Lille, Lille, Butchering, three. Monaco, four. Rennes, five. And Nice, six. Golden Boot. I'm going Lille, Jonathan David with 23 goals to win the Golden Boot in League One. And then I'm going Mbappe at 22. And I'm going Wizam Ben Yedder, Monaco man, at 21. And I'm going Player of the Year, though, will be Neymar. I think he thrives the most from the Messi signing. I'm going 20 goals right behind Ben Yedder, over 15 assists. For Neymar. And I think Messi's still... And I have Messi in second for player of the year. And Mbappe third. Because I think Messi's going to go around 15-15, 18-15. It's going to be an unreal season for PSG. I can't wait. Bundesliga. 
Bayern will win it again. You know, Dortmund will finish second, but, you know, you can't replace Sancho in one year. So, uh, yeah, they'll finish second. They, and I, even with Sancho, I still don't see them taking down Bayern right now. Um, I got Wolfsburg in third, Frankfurt in fourth, and then Leipzig and Leverkusen fifth and sixth. I am going golden boot to Holland. Holland. 33 goals. Lewandowski second with 30, and Patrick Schick with 23. Player of the year, Holland one, will win it. Lewandowski two, and Kimmich third. Kimmich a stud. All right, now we get into the Serie A. Uventus, especially with what happened with Inter. Actually, I'm going bold here. Let me change this. Can I go bold? I'm going Juventus taking back their crown. Um, they will take it back. Uh, Inter losing uh, Lukaku was huge and possibly Latoro Martinez. I'm going AC Milan to finish second. I'm going Jose Mourinho and Roma to finish third. I don't think it's going to be a flop like a lot of people are talking about. I think it works out. Third, Inter Milan fourth, Lazio fifth, and Atalanta sixth. I'm going, I've kept Latoro Martinez in this because he may stay now. I'm going CR7 with 30 goals to win the Golden Boot. Latoro Martinez in second with 23. And Immobile with 21. Um, For player of the year, I'm going uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Two, Lorenzo Insigne. And three, Latoro Martinez. And now we get to the Prem. Call me a homer. Liverpool wins the Prem. Okay, start there. I think Liverpool wins the Prem. People are saying, oh, they're stagnated. Well, yeah, but if they were healthy, they would have. They finished fourth without Van Dyke, without uh, Gomez. Good thing, uh, Robert uh, Robertson only missed in two weeks, it, or two or three weeks. It was not any no damage to where he had to have surgery. And you can live more with Robertson out because you have uh, Tisminkus. You can live more with Robertson out than you can Van Dyke. Liverpool wins the Prem. Man City finishes second. Who's their striker if they don't get Kane? Is Gabriel Jesus better than Bobby Firmino? I don't know. Man United third. Chelsea fourth. I don't like their back line. I don't like I don't like the back line moves. Zuma, Rudiger, and Christensen. I'm not high on that. Arsenal will finish fifth. I thought I've seen a lot of Arsenal. Varies from anywhere from, you know, maybe sixth or seventh to as low as ten or eleven. I don't think that happens. I think Arsenal finishes fifth. I really do. I think Arsenal will go fifth. And Leicester in sixth for the golden boot. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Uh, Lukaku, in my opinion, will win the golden boot. I have him scoring 28 goals. I have Kane scoring 27 in second and Salah scoring 26 in third. Player of the year, the return of the best player in the Prem, Virgil van Dijk. I have him winning player of the year. He's going to be a monster in the middle again. Liverpool will be back defensively coming off the counter. Counter is going to work. They're going to go back to the Liverpool counter attack and nobody can stop it. Alexander-Arnold and Robertson getting those balls of the field. Van Dijk, man in the middle is Joe Gomez. And now Kanate in there. Van Dijk wins player of the year as Liverpool wins the Prem. Lukaku will finish second. And then Harry Maguire, actually, I think, will finish third. 
So there is that talk. We're going to do some combat sports headlines now. Earl Spence Jr. Sadly, God, I'm pissed. Out of the August 21st bout with Manny Pacquiao. I'm so pissed, man. That's a bummer. With a torn retainia in his eye, Manny will now face Jordines Ugas, who uh, is 11-1 in his last 12, only lost to Sean Porter via split decision. It's going to be a good fight still, but I think Manny wins fairly easily. But uh, Ugas is a tough guy, but Manny should get a finish here, I think. Anderson Silva will take on Tito Ortiz on Triller September 11th. I think it's going to be the co-main event to De La Hoya, Vitor Belfort, which is crazy because wouldn't you make Anderson Tito, who are probably both bigger names than <laughs> De La Hoya and Belfort at this point? Okay. But yeah, okay. Canelo has pushed back his uh, next bout to November, and we are two weeks out from Paul Woodley. A little preview here. I mean, should we check odds? Let's check some odds. While we're here, might as well. Let's check the odds on this thing right here. A couple weeks out. Jake Paul, Tyrone Woodley, odds. Odds. What do you think? Paul probably, I would hope. I mean, he should be the favorite. Let's just be honest as can be. He's had much more boxing experience. We can go Odd Shark. This was as of Thursday, August 12th, which is today, actually. Okay. Jake Paul is a minus 165 favorite. Woodley, a plus 125, plus 125 dog. Okay. I respect those odds. I think they're honestly going to get closer as the fight. I think by time fight rolls around, Paul, minus 140. Woodley, plus 115, 110 area. That's what I think it'll come. It'll be. Um, I'm still leaning Paul. I want Woodley, but I'm leaning Paul still. We're not going to give a full prediction, but yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. I can't believe I'm saying how ready I am for a Jake Paul Tyron Woodley boxing match, but I'm ready. So let's go to some MMA. Gane gets a gone. Gane, god damn it. Gone gets a finish over Lewis in round three, and Ganu is next. Yeah, you know, he was just way better. I knew I picked Lewis, and it was mainly because I wanted Lewis. I knew Gone was I mean, you know, they I can get, you know, I'll, I'll get a little slander on Twitter for the pick, but I knew Gone was better virtually everywhere. I knew that. But I was thinking, man, Lewis in his hometown, I think he gets a surprise. You know, he's going to clip him one time, finish him. But Gon looked good, man. Looked very good. And Gon is next. Can't wait. Although dominates Munoz. Uh, looks very good. And he's uh, he vows that for another title push here. We'll see. We got, we'll get into what's next after these headlines. Luke submits Kiesa. That was surprising now. That was probably the most surprising thing about the card. I'm not going to lie. Uh, that was shocking. Um, did not think that. Luke just got, uh, Kiesa got sloppy. Tried to just stand up with his neck hanging out there. I mean, he should have saw Luke can submit people. Look what he did to Woodley. Yeah, I know he hurt him on the feet first, but still, he's a good fighter. All around. Yo Romero receives medical clearance to continue competing. Bellator says plan is for him to fight in November, December. Awesome. Maybe a Leota Machida? Or maybe the winner of Gegard John Salter? After this Friday, that'd be nice. UFC 267 heading back to Fight Island. Pay-per-view will be free, I believe, in America. Or is it going to be all over? I'm not sure. guess we can probably check that out real fast. Um, UFC, two, they wanted it on ABC. I don't think they got it on ABC, though. Uh, 
Okay, so here we go. Officially for October 30th, I'm going on to MMA Fighting. Love the guys over at MMA Fighting. They're good dude, good people. Okay, so it's actually an Abu Dhabi showdown week that consides activities including fan events, fitness showcases, and much more. Awesome. Uh, no, but it's okay. It is. They are. They are now. It's now. So this was. This was a couple of days ago. So actually, no. Yeah, official broadcast plans were not revealed, but it was previously reported. UFC. Yeah, UFC two six seven will air on ESPN and ESPN Plus, making it the first numbered UFC event in a decade to not air on pay per view. So there you go. It will not be on pay per view. It'll be free. Awesome. Uh, Dana says Juliana Pena is still next for Nunez. Nunez wants to fight in November or December. Um, shit. Could possibly get her as a co-man on that November card to have two title fights, or she could be on the December card too. Uh, Jones doesn't want Stipe, wants to fight for title upon return. So it looks like we're not getting, you know, I'm guessing Ngannou, gone don't fight till December or January. So you're not getting Jones till next earliest April, maybe even May or June though. Uh, Dana thinks Leon Edwards needs another win for a title shot. Yeah, especially because it seems like, you know, Dana was, Usman's, Usman's got the fights he wanted basically besides this Colby one, obviously. Dana was set in stone on Colby, but, you know, I think if Usman beats Colby and he says he wants Luke next, I think that's what you'll get. So I think Edwards maybe sooner rather than later book a fight with Burns or Jorge and get another impressive win to say, hey, no, I'm actually better than Luke or fight Luke. That could be another one right there. Uh, will MSG card be moved to a different state with COVID restrictions? I think so. There's no way Dana keeps it at MSG. With the COVID restrictions? No way. No way they keep it there. Is Dustin Poirier and Nate Diaz next? Dustin tweeted Nathan with a question mark yesterday. Nate responded on Twitter saying, let's fight. Don't be scared this time, though. So what I've heard, Dustin would like Nate Diaz. He would like to. He says Nate Diaz deserves an ass beating. Um, he thinks that no matter what, yeah, he understands that he's given up the rights to his title shot now. But he thinks if I fight Nate Diaz in December and I beat Nate Diaz, I'm still next in line for a title. And actually, if I fight Nate Diaz at 170, it may open up things at 170 as well for him. I think it's good business on Dustin's part. As long as he keeps winning, he'll get a title. He can get a title shot whenever he wants. And what fight's going to make you more money? Let's be honest, Nate Diaz over Charles Oliveira for sure. So we'll see what happens there, but I'm hearing that he wants Nate Diaz next. So let's get into a little what's next after UFC 265. Bobby Green, who I thought won the fight, definitely did not lose 30-27. And what the, it was the third round, he outlanded him something like 70-25 to 25 or 30. It was a blowout, though. And one of the judges said 30-27. Fire that man or woman. But uh, Drew Dober or Alexander Hernandez, both those be fun-ass fights for Bobby Green. Rafael Fazev, who called out Hasbula, what a dum-dum. You have a chance to call somebody out and you call out a, a, a midget? What are you doing? But okay, Brad Burdell, who I've ranked 14th in my rankings. Right? Yep. Brad Burdell, who's 10-1. That's a fun one. If not, Tiago Moises. Who is uh, not ranked but just lost to Islam? That'd be an awesome, another awesome fight. Uh, Casey Kenny, uh, Adrian Yanez, or Ronnie Yaya would be awesome. For Song Yadong, a rematch with Cheeto Vera, who everyone thinks he lost to Cheeto Vera but got the decision nod. Or uh, Rafian Pava, another great one. Angela Hill, who I have now dropped to 14 in my women's uh, strawweight rankings. Jessica Penne, 
who's not ranked, who's coming off two straight wins, or Nina Nunez, who I've ranked 15th. For Tisha Torres, who I have at nine, I would say number seven, uh, Claudia, uh, Claudia Gadea, or six, Young Zion. I think so you say it, pronounce it, maybe. For Michael Chiesa, a Wonderboy Thompson fight would be good, or Bilal Muhammad fight. I've uh, Chiesa dropped him from five to six. Uh, you know, I still think he's he can beat a lot of the, I think he can beat top guys. Uh, Wonderboy would be a great fight, though, or Bilal Muhammad, who I've ranked 12th. Wonderboy, I have at seven. Vicente Luque. I don't really think he's getting the next title shot. It is possible, but let's just say no. Leon Edwards, who's ranked three, would be a good one. Or hell, even a four-hand Masvidal's down to slug one out, who's I have, who I have at eight. Pedro Munoz. A lot of guys at Bantamweight booked up. A lot of guys he fought. I went for two guys that are outside the rankings. You know, see, Munoz, does he still really have it? Sean O'Malley, Pedro Munoz. Tell me that would not be fun. Or Ricky Simone, who's on a three-fight win streak. Jose Aldo at six. Everyone's saying Dom Cruz. Aldo, to me, just looks better. He looks better than Cruz. Um, I'm going to go, I think the options are, it's a toss-up. Sandhagen or Font, who I have, I, so I have Aldo at six. I have TJ at one. Peter Yon three. Aljamain, no, Peter Yon two. Aljamain three. Sandhagen four. Font five. And Aldo six. So I think he should fight Sandhagen or Font, who are right in front of him. Uh, obviously, Sandhagen coming off the split decision loss to TJ. Rob Font coming off the win over Garbrandt. Either one of those works. Derek Lewis, one fight, one fight only. Steve Miocic should be next. John is not going to fight. Uh, Stipe, why not do Stipe versus Lewis? Uh, maybe a fight night main event or even a co-main event of a pay-per-view. And then obviously Cyril Gaon is going to fight Francis Ngannou. That's just no doubt going to happen. Shit. That is uh, no doubt going to happen. Um, let's get into some MMA predictions. All right. PFL 7 this Friday. Uh, light heavyweight and welterweight semifinal. Clay Collard, 20-8, and 2-0 this season. Beat Anthony Pettis via UD, via unanimous decision. And Jolton Lauterbach via split decision. Funny, they both beat the same guys. Manfio beat Lauterbach via split decision and Pettis via split decision. I think Collard's better. I'm going Collard via round two TKO. Welterweight semifinal. Roy McDonald, 22-7-1. He went 1-1 one one this year. Obviously dominated Curtis Millinder, got hosed in the Glace. God, that decision really pisses me off still to this day that Glace and Tebow has a win over Roy McDonald because the judges are terrible. Tebow maybe won one round. Golly. Uh, and then Ray Cooper, the defending champ, maybe two-time defending champ possibly. 2-0 this season, beat Jason uh, Ponette via round one uh, sub and Nikolai Alexakin via unanimous decision. I got McDonald via round three sub, though, heading on to the finals. Bellator, 264, Friday, August 13th. Bantamweight bout between some prospects. Magomed Magomedov, 18-1, has won five in a row. Only loss was to Peter Yan in 2017 in a different company, not in the UFC. Beat CJ Hamilton via round two sub in his last fight. Taking on Rafion Stotts, who's 16-1. He's won eight straight. Beat Josh Hill via UD in his last contest. I got Magomedov via UD, though. I think he's wrestling. We'll get it done. Welterweight bout, Andre Korshkov, 23-4. Beat Adriano Rodriguez in his last bout via round one sub. He is the former Bellator welterweight champion. Uh, Sabai Hamasi uh, lost his last fight via round two TKO to Paul Daly. He's won, he won four in a row prior, though. I think he gets. I think he loses this one as well. I'm going Korshkov via round one knockout. And in the main event, Two ranked middleweights for me. Salter, I have at 13. And Gegard, I have at 3. I'm going 
So Masasi, 47-2-2, two two, just fought the who's who of the sport, won two straight. Uh, beat Leota Machida via split decision and Douglas Lima via unanimous decision. Salters won three in a row, has, uh, won his last bout via round three submission over Andrew Capel. I'm going Musasi, though, via round four, TKO. It will be a good fight, though, very competitive. NFL, just get some headlines and discussions real quick. Wentz and Nelson trending towards playing week one after having the same exact foot surgery. Good news for the Colts. NFL, the no fun league, cracking down on taunting. Chill out, dude. Let them have fun. Evolved. It's it, that's a, This is part of the game. Shit talking and stuff like that is part of the game, and it makes it more fun. Just let it happen. Now, if guys go too over-excessive, okay. But showing the picture of Winfield Jr. putting up the deuces to Tyreek Hill... Saying that that's why he should be flagged. Oh, chill. He put it up for four seconds and put his hands down. Chill out. Fields and Lance on the offensive end will go in a couple, uh, couple guys that have been impressive on each side, of the, or each side of the line. Fields and Lance have been very impressive in camp. I saw some highlights of Fields. He looked real good. 49ers said they're struggling. Uh, it's tough. Lance has been very good. Parsons and Sertan have been ultra impressive in camp for the Cowboys and Broncos. I think Parsons and Sertan are going to be some of the best in the game in two years, three years. Cam, the favorite start week one. I'm not surprised by that. I don't think they're going to rush Mac. I think if uh, you know Cam with the full season under his belt in the system, I think they expect Cam to be okay and ready to go. Is Michael Thomas and the Saints' relationship unrepairable? I really think it is. I think Michael Thomas could be traded. And if he's not traded this year, possibly this offseason. Uh, my boy Tony Romo is up for the Hall of Fame in 2022. Should he be a Hall of Famer? I don't think they put him in. Um, I love him to death, and I don't think I would put him in either. You know, I think they're barely going to squeak Eli back. And I think Romo is a better quarterback than Eli, but he has the two titles. They're going to value that. Uh, so, yeah, I, he prob- he won't be. I wish he would be. I don't think – I really don't think he should be, but I love Romo, uh, my favorite quarterback of all time. Uh, three teams, I think, have a better and worse record than they last year, did last year. Locks. Better. Chargers, they went seven to nine. Lock, I think they win ten games. Cowboys went six and ten last year. Now, if I find out that deck injury is uh, more serious than they've let on, um, I might have to take that back as a lock. Okay, they went six and ten last year. They'll win at least nine games this year. Vikings went seven to nine last year. I think they won eleven twelve games. Worse, Seahawks went twelve and four last year. I think nine or ten wins. Saints went twelve and four. Definitely a step back. And if Michael Thomas didn't play, it might be down to like seven wins now. Uh, they're in trouble. Steelers, 12-4 last year. I have it nine or ten, maybe even eight. So here we go. My first Money League draft results. So I had the fourth pick in the first round. I thought I was going to be able to get Nick Chubb at four. Uh, Nick Chubb goes number one. McCaffrey goes two. Who went three? Oh, Dalvin went three, which I was torn because I wanted Dalvin or Chubb at four. So then it's between Derrick Henry and Kamara, and I'm just worried about Kamara. You know, he's going to be keyed on so much, and, you know, the quarterbacks he has there, I don't know. So I went the safe pick and Derrick Henry at four. Round two, obviously, pick six. Oh, no, pick seven, my fault. Uh, I took Calvin Ridley, who I think is going to be an animal this year in that offense with Matt Ryan. Uh, Round three. Back to pick four. I took DK Metcalf for my second wide receiver. Um, this is a double flex league. We play two flexes. 
Um, yeah, I'm the commissioner. I'm commissioner of two leagues, and then I've joined two other leagues for money. So, yeah. Uh, round four, I took Joe Mixon. You know, he's the best running back available. Um, I got some good running backs late, though, that I really like, uh, too, off my bench. So, But Joe Mixon went four. Round five, usually don't take tight ends till later because I feel like if you don't get one of the top five tight ends being – or top, really, four, Kelsey, uh, Kittle, Waller, Andrews, Pitts would be my top five that I wouldn't take anybody else before round five. Like I would, or before round six. Like if, but I took Mark Andrews in round five because I think he's one of the better ones. So it's not really a reach to me there. If Mark Andrews in there, I probably wouldn't take him to tight end until round eight or nine because there's so many tight ends that can do things for you. Oh, but I took Andrews at five, took my quarterback in round six. I've been staying to it pretty good, not taking a quarterback early. Got Rodgers in round six, so I'm happy with that. Um, yeah, so Rodgers quarterback. Round seven, I got Cooper Cup, uh, who is right now probably my, one of my starting flexes. Um, I think, you know, Robert Wood's going to be the deep ball guy over the top, but I think Cup reception wise is going to dominate, uh, in PPR league. Like we are eight, seven, eight receptions a game, possibly it's, you know, I got Kareem Hunt in the, in round eight, which I love cause you know, he will play a ton for them. Third down back catches a lot of passes. PPR league. It's good to have Curtis Samuel, who right now is on, uh, COVID, uh, the COVID list. Hopefully he can get back for the season. Cause I think Curtis Samuel being the number two, Next to Scary Terry with Fitzmagic, I think he could have a huge season. I took David Johnson in round 10 because I feel like it's a good value pick. They're not very good. I think they're going to run the ball a lot, and they're going to throw a ton of screens. And David Johnson, as long as he can stay healthy, which he stayed healthy for most of the part last year too, so he can be healthy. I think he's going to be good, even though the Texans are going to suck. I took Hollywood Brown in round 11. Um, I think he has a much better year this year. They've kind of got some more weapons to where – He's going to have free, more freedom to be single coverage and stuff with his speed. I think he has a breakout season. At in round 12, I got Daryl Henderson, who is now the for sure number one running back in L.A. with Cam Akers going down. So, you know, you get Daryl Henderson. Injury problems could be there too, but that's why I picked, got him in round 12. You know, he's not playing well. It is what it is. 13, Jared Cook, back up for a backup tight end. Uh, he goes, he's the number one tight end easily in L.A. for the Chargers with Hunter Henry gone. So he's playing next to Justin Herbert. Uh, then I took Justin Tucker, kicker at 14. I did actually take Justin Fields at 15 as my backup quarterback because Rodgers buys until 13 anyway. I think Fields is going to be a starter, and I think he's going to tear it up when he comes in, so why not have Fields just in case somebody's bad at quarterback in my league wants to trade for him. And then I just took the Niners defense uh, at 16. They play the Lions week one, so hopefully they do some work. But, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, I'll be going on my buddy's uh, bachelor party trip this weekend so it'll probably be late next week hopefully fees on and we'll be uh it'll be a big one for sure thank you guys for listening peace